Hello everyone, just a note that this is part two of a three-part season review. Uh, if you haven't seen part one, I'll put a link to it in uh, the description. We may reference some things that uh, you, you haven't seen or heard yet, uh, but uh, we do talk about five of the ten teams, uh, notably a long time on Red Bull and AlphaTauri, but if you want to know our main season review uh, as a general season as a whole, we do talk about sprints as well and cover a couple of questions. Uh, I do recommend going back and uh, watching or listening to part one, but otherwise enjoy part two. Part three will be on the way very, very soon. It will be the longest part by a long way, uh, nearing two hours. So, um, But yeah, enjoy and uh, let us know what you think in the comments. Thanks for listening and or watching. On to the teams now. Uh, now this is... Uh, uh, we, we wanted to do a big chunk of this as a as a team by team because uh, it feels like that's where a lot of the stories are. Like you could talk about you know individual events, but it feels like um, more than ever this has been like teams sort of moving up and down as we sort of alluded yeah. to. So I feel like you know sort of breaking it down team by team is, is the best way to do it. I literally outside of the the first team we're going to talk about, I put all the numbers in a, like numbers two through ten in a randomizer and just hit randomizer oh, them on their okay. uh, I think the championship position. I just I'm put okay it in with that, that order. So uh, it might be a little bit of a random mix, but rather than going in championship order or from you know bottom to top yeah, yeah, yeah. or whatever. So, but we'll start with the the big one. Let's start with the Red Bulls. So. I'll, I'm going to start with some some stats and some notes that I've got on um, sure. a lot of these teams take, first. Take it away. Um, but yeah, we have Red Bull obviously finished first in the championship with a humongous 860 points. Um, Verstappen scoring 575 of them, Perez with 285. Qualifying head-to-head -head was 22 Verstappen and 2 to Perez. Uh, that's a pretty pretty big one. Not the biggest but one of, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, and let, let's let's go through some of the records, shall we? I think we we gotta gotta start there. So we've got Verstappen in twenty twenty three, nineteen wins, which is a single season record, uh, twenty one podiums, single season record, five hundred and seventy five points, single season record, uh, ten consecutive wins, single season record, uh, the longest, oh, so the the largest championship winning margin to second place at two hundred and ninety points. Uh, 1,003 laps led, which is a single season record, and he's also the only driver to have led 1,000 laps in a season. Uh, and outside of Singapore, in which he finished fifth, and Baku Sprint, where he finished third, he was either first or second in every single race of the season. Um, looking at Red Bull, 21 wins, which is a single season record, and again, most laps led in a single season at 1,149 laps. Um, so let's talk about Perez. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. How do you compete with that? I think he was lucky that it didn't matter that he was completely off his game. I think he is very lucky because I think Red Bull were pretty honest putting their hands up saying we don't need to change anything. So why should we? However, as we saw in, in past years, where if it does kind of matter that they have a backup driver, mm -hmm. they probably won't hesitate to pull someone in because they have got a few options now. It's not like they're doing it because they've got nothing else there. Yeah. Uh, you know, so we, we saw as soon as Ricardo came back, that was as much a statement of partly that we need to get DeVries out and we still think Ricardo's good. It was mm. that statement. As well as let's put some pressure on Checo because it's obvious why we're also doing this. Yeah. Uh, and they also, <laughs> like, uh, that was... That was one thing, but it was still kind of a, 
I mean, we'll talk about this um, when we get to Alpha Tauri as well. Yes. But I think even worse for Perez was Ricardo going out for those four races because Lawson came in and also yes, did very exactly. well. So now they have, like, rather than, you know, if, if they wanted to drop Perez because he's not performing, it's like, oh, now we've got to fill an Alpha Tauri seat. We don't know if someone's yes, going to perform. Or put him in there, or he's not going to want to go in there. Exactly. And, oh, he's not going to want to drop back. But even if he <laughs> did want to drop... Risk on an F2 driver. Yeah, you know. yeah, exactly. Like, now they know they've got a driver who can confidently go up to Red Bull... Uh, who's been there before, who has a good relationship with the lead driver in Max, um, and they have a very competent driver who can jump straight into the Alpha Tauri and be very quick from the offset as well. Um, it, I think that is, outside of like losing his seat for next year, um, this is probably like worst-case scenario for Perez. Like he needs, I think it is so important for him to perform this year, and I, if yeah. he doesn't, I think there's a good chance we don't see him in F1 after after 2024. No. So, um, but yeah, I mean, th- this is, it's an overarching problem that I know a lot of people have done, um, like articles and, 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 and talked about a lot, is how how do you be Max Verstappen's teammate? Because when he's on this sort of form, I don't, you, you, you can't, really expect to to beat him but you still have to think you can because otherwise it's just like you end up like Bottas and I think he how do you do it as well in a team that's not also like Ferrari which is structured to almost be that team right yes yeah you had the Rubens you had the Massa and the such which took that during the time when you had the Alonso or the or the the, you know the Schumacher that was Mm. there um you know so, or even being the Eddie Irvine back in the day, it was still that yep. kind of guy, right? So, yeah, yeah. um, the, the Rubens it's a different structure there. It, yeah. Yes, yes. It was part of the reason why, um, that, that initially Red Bull had that issue was between Max and Ricardo trying to fight with each other at a very similar level. Ricardo mm. stepped out to say, I'm not happy to be a number two here because I can see that's where I'm going. I want to try something else. Obviously, now he tried something else and he said in, in, in interviews and podcasts and such, if he did come, did come back in, He's well aware he would need to be that number two performer, but he's later on in his career, he'd probably be happy to do that. Mm. They've repaired their relationship, et cetera, right? Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, even if you get someone who is at that level, that's why they went with Checo, because I think they saw he's out of a job, he's competent, he could do something special here, so let's try it. And to be fair again, in that 2021 season when they really needed it, was it 21 or 22 when he needed it? 21, yeah. The years are blurring. 21, when he needed to be that guy, he was that guy. Yep. And now it's almost like that pressure's not there, He's completely dropped away. So it's yep. that question we have of many drivers is saying, if now it actually matters in the new year, will he then reinvigorate and find that level? Is that just what's missing? Is it just because mm. it doesn't matter? Is it, you know... Um, it's also annoying because we saw such a strong start from him where he had two wins, two wins. in the scale of the season. If yeah. you look at that to go, wow, he must have done pretty good to still win against Verstappen being how dominant he was. And then you go, oh, they were right at the start. And then it it, it, it was a great point that I, I heard on... um. Uh, I think it must have been the race podcast, or maybe mm. it was Checkered Flag again. No, it was an excerpt from Sky. I saw on Twitter actually. <laughs> um, Getting your news from everywhere. It had Karun, yeah. it had Karun on. He was yeah, telling a okay. story that Yoss told him. Um, basically, oh, I remember seeing Miami this. After yes. Baku, yes. Yeah. Yep. 
And Yoss was saying how Max was furious that he lost at Baku, and he said mm. he's never going to lose to Checo ever again. And he didn't. And the next race was Miami. <laughs> yeah. And Checo should have won Miami. There was no <laughs> reason he shouldn't have won that. And yet Max just stepped up to an insane level, you know? And that's almost... It's almost what crushed Checo, where it's yeah. like, if he won that, I think he still for the rest of the season, he would have been fine. But he didn't, and it was totally on him. And even looking at that one race, even we said, Max was just so high, I don't think anyone could have beaten him, you know, even if Checo was in the lead. He still did great. He still did finals B2. Mm. But that that just that just said it. And then it just seemed that he was, you know, just, just gone from then. Yep. Um, well, I've got, I've actually got, I went back and looked at the, yeah. the, the races actually following that. So I want to, I want to, bring up some points um, <laughs> Hammer at home, yeah. yeah so obviously he, he did get p2 in the championship albeit really only just it was still kind of uh you know More 50 50 to, I got a good point on that. okay cool um and like you said he started very well he won two, two of the first four races um he was still well on par and it, like at that stage we're thinking okay this this could really be on here um but yeah you to say miami was the start of his issues he qualified p1 um and lost to max who started i think p9 he started p9 because there was a red flag and he couldn't get his lap i think it was leclerc went into the yes, wall charles went off yeah. yes so he couldn't get his lap in so that was like a really good opportunity for him to be like i can win this and like you say max take over he would have been leading the, the championship at that point he I believe, as yes well. yeah he would have done um but uh you know max just absolutely flew through the field like it was i think he was up to sort of you know p3 or p4 within like the first yes. 15 laps or something which it is was, insane yeah. like it was sort of the first signs that hey he's pretty pretty fucking good well actually no i say that but in <laughs> in Saudi he went from p15 to p2 that was pretty dominant yes as well, but so. still this was still miami yes. arguably a harder track anyway. yeah yeah it's just like butter yeah but um like these are to, to point out miami was the start this is six tracks in a row so like weekends in a row so we had miami where he lost to max who started p9 despite starting p1 followed by monaco in which he crashed out in q1 so he started p20 um and started to resort to a lot of like early early season checo stuff where he'd just do some desperate lunges and real clumsy crashes and yes um, we saw that again in like late season in Suzuka where he just went straight into like into the, the hairpin where he just sort of drove yeah. into the side of uh, yeah. the Haas, Magnuson maybe. Um, yes, that sounds yeah, that about was, right. Yeah. It was him or someone else driving yep. into Yep, yep. <laughs> anyway, yes. Um, followed by the next weekend in Spain where he was out in Q2 starting P11, only made his way up to P4. I think I made the remark there is like, yeah, but Max would have made P1 from there. Um or at least P2. Um, the very next race, he went to Canada and the qualifying, if you remember that, that was like wet to dry. Um, I don't know if it was him or the team, but they made the wrong tire calling yeah. qualifying. He started P12, only made it up to P6 in the race. The very next race went to Austria. Um, in Q2, he had three flying laps. All three were deleted oh, for track limits. Right. He started P15, uh, followed the next race by Silverstone, he was out in Q1 and started P16 um, because he the the track evolution was quite huge and he was the first one out on the last run and just dropped down the order and dropped out in Q1. Like, And surely because he's mm. in a Red Bull, he still climbed up to get P2 and all of those, right? Because no. he's in the Red Bull. No, <laughs> he didn't. 
<laughs> and that's like, Uh-oh. and I know he's said, and it's so obvious. Like when you look at that, he's like, yeah, my issues are obviously in qualifying. It's like, yeah, yeah. But I also think that if he's, yeah, go on. But go also on. like just some of the decisions that either he or his team is making as well. Yeah. Like two of those are like, well, Austria was like, yeah, deleted track limits okay at austria that was you could argue that is sort of its own thing but you when you have put it down to bad luck if it's an isolated incident at the same time when you have three flying laps and every single one gets deleted maybe you'd be like hey maybe i shouldn't push the limit every single corner on every it's single like you're lap close on making it either yes. all you need to do is make q3 which is top 10 and you have a red bull where verstappen's basically getting p1 every single session or very yes. close to um so like you could argue driver error as well and then you have silverstone like i said they put him out on track they knew track evolution was huge so whether it was his choice or whether it was team's choice like and then you, the canada the wrong tire call i know leclerc also had that same tire call but you know ferrari you sort of come to expect that from them mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. but like it's just something's not working there um and and then like when he's under pressure like he has shown in the last couple of years up until when he started to dip in form he showed his race craft was getting a lot better like he was able to send these moves and make them stick and it was looking really really good it was really feisty but it was really fair and then when he's like oh i'm I'm dipping a bit or I'm starting way back and I need to make my way. Th- I'm expected to make it back to P2. Then he goes back to, like I said, old checker and it's like, I'm just going to yeah. dive from like 500 meters back and damned be yeah. what the other car in front's doing and just crash into them. And I just, I don't know. I mean, I assume that's just pressure, uh, but I, I don't know, man. I d- how do you, <laughs> how do you, how do you deal with that? It just seems, seems so hard. eh? like when you have yeah. a, an, exp- like a, an experienced driver like Checo. And, you know, he wouldn't have gotten the Red Bull seat if he didn't deserve a seat at a top team. Like he, I think his last season at um, Racing Point, he was at the one where he got the win as well. It was. Yeah. So like he had a really, really good season with Racing Point. And like I said, he was he was a strong contender in that team. Um, so it's not like he, he would have, he obviously got the Red Bull seat for a reason. So it's not like he they've just yeah. thrown in some crap driver and it's like oh you expect that from him you know Perez has always been crap it's like no he hasn't he's been a very good driver who's just under this it seems to be under this immense amount of pressure that just comes with the Red Bull second seat but if someone like if someone like Checo can't handle it then who the hell can exactly exactly yeah I don't know yeah Oh, it's a good summary. And as I say, it's interesting how it's not like he just jumped in it like the others and was so poor. Because as you say, he played such a, a pivotal, crucial role when, when he needed to. Mm. Um, and even last year, he showed some flashes now and then not being that bad, taking a pole here and there. But mm. yeah, this was, yeah. It, it's um, it's amazing that he still got that P2. And I guess yes. it leads into still that question about, about points. Because I think this is a good discussion about how the point system kind of both the point system saved him here and how close everyone else was. Cause there was another driver consistently hitting, well, top positions. Yes. He could have been third, fourth, fifth, sixth, you know, easily, but everyone else was so chaotic. The rise of Aston, the fall of Aston, the rise of McLaren, the fall of McLaren just meant mathematically that, uh, and with the Hamilton disqualification that he that got was it the big thing. Yeah. really on, on pure luck because uh, 
I say I say luck on so many factors just working out. As I say, like the fact that there was Aston who was strong that got so many points, but then didn't get made at the end. And then mm. McLaren who stole a lot from other drivers towards the end that would have otherwise beat him. You know, yes. when yeah. if they stayed behind, then like both the Ferraris, both the Mercedes drivers might have passed Checo and he would have been all the way back, right? So yep. Um, it's at least that he got it, which you mm. could say is the minimum he needs to do. And he showed some improvement towards the end. I don't think it means we're looking to the new year going, look, he already knows he's on his retirement bed. Just enjoy it. I think there's a, you know, they're still giving him a chance here, right? Um, yeah. It's just kind of a trend we're seeing of a few other drivers where, hey, the grid's not changing for a reason, right? And there's a few drivers we thought by the halfway through the year would have been out of there by now. Um, so... One of them was. <laughs> well, it's true. It's true. One of them was. But after that, right, when you saw, yes, well, if that's yeah, happened to one, then the yeah. other three in this bucket aren't safe. And yet yeah. they're still here as, as we mm. see. Um we just got to see. I don't know. It, yep. it, it, it's more likely to go one way. It could go the other way, though. It's yeah. it's hard to say. Um, I don't know. I don't yep. know. It's it's max, isn't it? As you say, yep. it's the max factor. I I think when I was saying what I, the point I wanted to save to pour about the points discussion and about how although he won by so much, it's because he won so much. So he deserves yes. to win by so much and compounded yeah. by the fact there wasn't a consistent driver finishing second the whole time. Yeah. Like the two Mercedes drivers were fairly close because even if Hamilton was in the more dominant year, well, <laughs> Rosberg was always P2, P2, P3, P2. So that yes. gap wasn't that big. But yep. here again, you had Alonso P2, P2 and then Norris and then Hamilton. Oh, there's Sainz. Oh, there's Leclerc. Leclerc oh, yeah. there's Piastri. And that's mm. why they're all so far back. Yeah. But we had that close battle for P4 and mm. why it's amazing that even Alonso still got P4. I think that's actually where the point structure in general, at least for P1 to 10, I think actually worked and I wouldn't change the values really that much myself. Yep. Um, we saw it work even for Williams where Albon putting in those giant killer performances kept yeah. them ahead in that P7. That's yep. how they got it, right? Where the Alpha Tire, which was quicker, they just couldn't cash in that, you know, mm. those 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 performances even when they were quicker. Yeah. Um. And Alonso somehow held on despite that poor performance because of those consistent P twos, P threes early on, which meant that he just had enough when everyone else was scrambling back and forth. Yep. And Russell, who still looks strong, didn't cash in those one or two P two P threes he should get. Mm -hmm. Finished best of the rest. Yep. So you kind of look at it and you're like, the point structure I think actually worked really well for everyone mm. here. And Max is just ahead because he just because was the only won. one yeah. consistently yep. <laughs> winning almost everything. Yes. Yep. So yeah. um, That's I just wanted to revisit on that points thing. Yeah. I think of the bigger pictures, maybe 11 to 12, you could do something. I think the points with top 10 actually worked out pretty well for this season mm. with the type of uh, variety that we had. Yeah, so. yeah. We've talked a lot about Checo. Like, we could talk about Max. I feel like every weekend we talk we'll about him. We're talking about him all year. <laughs> yeah, so, like, it's... <laughs> Not much more to say. I don't, I, don't know if, I don't know if we'll get a season this dominant again. Maybe we will this year, but I, I find it hard to believe that they that yeah. both Red Bull and Verstappen will be um, this on song for this year. I think it could be very, very much closer at the top. I think you'll have a lot more um, at least competition. Um, it, it, at least hard, you know, we already saw, particularly with qualifying, like he would always qualify P1 towards the start of the year. He'd have Alonso pretty close. But yeah. in, particularly in the second half of the year, it was not uncommon for him to not be P1. No. Um, like I think... It's another team we'll talk about, right? Yes, that, yeah. you know, they were so far off. And yet, if you just look at qualifying, you thought that'd be a really close team to yeah, them, you know? Yep, yep. so we had... Um, yeah, F Ferrari, obviously, they took quite a number of poles. Yeah. We had um, 
Hamilton took that one pole at Hungary as well. Yeah. Only just, yep. but um, yes. and then uh, uh, I think McLaren did get one as well. I want to say. Yeah, it might have been a sprint pole. Possibly sprint. Yeah, but yes, I, I, but they I, still were very close. And very close. There was exactly, a few, yeah. arguably, a few should have been pole laps. Yes. That yeah. Norris missed out on exactly. It easily yeah. should have been without a few errors. Mm, so yep. it's not like they were ages away. Yeah. So I feel like um, yeah, if if the you know the the race pace obviously that will start to close up the red bull still definitely had the advantage even even towards the end of the year but it did it was closing up quite a bit yeah. so if they if if the race pace closes up even further come next year then qualifying matters even more for them and they can't just be like oh we'll just set up a race car and qualify p3 p4 cuz that might yeah. not be enough so but we'll have to wait and see like this this there's so much to talk about when it comes to next season but um I mean, you, you kind of just have to revel on the fact that, hey, Max was, it was just incredible this season. Like he was, yeah. uh, he and um, uh, I think he was the only driver to score points in every single race this year. Um, Hamilton got points on every single weekend, but he had a retirement on a sprint weekend on Qatar and, was, and also yes. the disqualification in Kota, but yes. he got points in the sprint so which is probably what helped him to get p3 in the end and also so close to p2 because it was just yes. consistently the points we'll get to mercedes that was the anyway, other side yeah. which is just why this even in a dominant car this consistency is unheard of because yes. that car did not break down mm. we were even suggesting there's got to be one weekend where it one. breaks down because there always is there's yep. always an iconic breakdown it just didn't happen it yep. just ran like smooth yep i don't know something it's yeah. <laughs> smooth red bull light I don't yeah know. <laughs> yeah no it was really really good so um it's yeah considering the amount of parts they have for, for each car as well like you, you're thinking you know you look back to previous years where they had you know even an extra part of, of you know, like an extra ice yeah. or an extra control electronics whatever it is um and they were still you know before two-thirds of the season was up, you would see multiple grid penalties because they're just having to take all these yeah. parts or all the failures. We thought that would factor in this year. Yeah. Well, yep. I think looking halfway through the year, we yep. thought this would get interesting be, when yeah. teams start taking it. it just never just really no wind happened. of it. Yeah. yeah. You had a few, obviously. There was some unreliability, yeah. but like all not teams nearly, could cash yeah. in because they had a poor you know qualifying anyway whatever and they thought we'll just do it because it's extra performance. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Did we talk about the cost cap question here? Oh yeah, okay. I hadn't even considered that. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, it's basically about Red Bull. <laughs> yes. So. Yeah. True. All right. Well, so this is another question from it was Crosso, wasn't it? Mm, yes. Correct. So his third one, third point that he had. So yeah, he had a a question saying, "Will we see Red Bull actually suffer from the cost cap breach? Does the sliding scale aero time play an impact?" Um, the fact that you brought it up means you probably have a thought about it so yeah, I'll, let you, I'll let you take it away <laughs> um i think i think it's two things i think one red bull just got it right there's a reason that now it looks like as much as teams have tried things mm. hell you look at mercedes tried something daring yes and they're even the ones saying we now need to converge to something different that's more red bull like there's a yep. reason that the aston launched and they said we've adapted some things we've seen that we like and they committed early to it in their mm. research for this car and look how strong it was there's a reason why the mclaren started looking a bit more like it later in the year right and the yep. half started fairly strong which borrowed some characteristics so i think it's just that um 
part of the cost cap was going to be you can't just try everything and then you just look mm. at everything and go because you can spend on everything and then you just pick the best one you've kind of got to just go with your gut Allah again mercedes saw something they thought was really niche and they probably could have tried a few things more but they said let's just go for it and it didn't work out and red bull obviously found something even with you know you forget they had the penalty for overspending on their catering whatever the fuck it ended up being right <laughs> human resources etc yeah, yeah. um and of course winning being so consistent it's still reduced but they just got it right and mm. that's even why all the teams were saying you know it, it's still those days where adrian newey just you know bang for buck you know it, that's that's the, that's he's the, the most the he's, he's, he's got to be one of the most valuable people in f1 outside of and that was Max part of the point of these rules was to say if you're a little team you still get someone good in and mm. therefore you can extract their value it's not just spending you know on on pure just money for resource it's about spending money wisely you know yes. what's the best bank bang for your buck right it's all that bang mm. for your buck no longer just spend to win pay to win right yep um and it's just that they yeah just got it right with a brilliant driver um and and that uh, so, so i guess that's saying why so far the cost cut doesn't seem to have hurt them mm. i think it's also still as you said as we said a few times but the field is still closest it's ever been yep teams like haas and williams which are on the verge of bankruptcy and COVID, are now quite comfortable and are even to the point trying to reject other teams because they're saying this is the first time ever we've got it really comfortable we yeah. don't want to destabilize this because this is great yeah. <laughs> um i think so i think overall- even some of the um just to, to add on to that point um yeah. some, some of the lower teams i don't know which one it was it was maybe alfa romeo or haas but one of them said like e- they're still not even operating at the cost cap like they still yeah. don't have enough to even operate at the cost cap so if they had the um the the funds to even operate to yeah. the same level could it be even closer again yeah. so i think that's probably why they wanted to you know they, they could have just been like the cost cap at the absolute lowest level from the get-go and just completely screw the top teams yeah. um and you know that sort of seems unfair the way they've done it where it's sort of like hey cost cap and then every year we'll sort of bring it down slowly like a sliding yeah. scale um so i think regarding the cost cap i do think it's it's gonna take a little while because it it has to be this sort of like progression based thing um, to to avoid really screwing over one team over another. Um, I think it will take a few years to sort of see the fruits of it to see the yeah. you know, the whole uh, the the whole picture of it. Um, but uh, yeah, I think once we get to a point where um, yeah, those lower teams are operating at the cost cap and you know they maybe they even have extra funds and they're like okay now they have to choose which way they want to go um i think that's when you could start to see some real real close uh like the 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 midfield basically become the field again so um yeah i think it's yeah it, it is it is sort of a sliding scale but i don't know if it's like you say, I think Red Bull just got it right. So because yeah. if if they had got it wrong, then maybe their cost cap breach might have affected them a bit more. But because they yes. just got it right, I think they've sort of mitigated that by just being like, "Hey, we yes. just got it right first try." So. Yeah, they just did a mm. bang up job. Yep. You know, it's yeah, and they fortunate enough where again they have a stellar driver in it. You know, mm. so yep. they might have looked less impressive with any other driver. You know, it's it's hard to say. Yep. Um, I, and I guess the counterpoint, not to hammer on this too much, is that you say, well, what happens if you get rid of the cost cap? Do other teams then get more funds, like like your likes of um, Ferrari and your mm. likes of um, uh, Mercedes can just spend up to suddenly mm. catch up to them? 
but then it's like but then red bull might could they be even more dominant you know they're, they're trying to talk up i think that partly red bull part the media are even trying to talk up next year saying that this is just on another level concept they could have already had this next level concept this year for all we know right they could yeah. have been so much further ahead right like you just you just yeah you, know, you just don't know um, yep. and as we say and then how much does that hurt everyone else mm. yes it's about the front but you've got to look at the whole field it's the most dominant season yet it's the closest season how can you have those two yeah. factors it's you know like, yeah you know, it is you weird isn't it maybe have a closer season at the front but then you've got a super spread out season Haas then leave williams leave and then well what the fuck you know that it's yep. just yep yeah you wouldn't rock this. I think, you know, you want to change things as soon as you see it's not super close for that mm. P1, but I feel it's, like it's premature. still get a few yeah. years at this yep. point. Yeah, yep. it's yep. there's so many positives that have come through this. Like, you can have a few negatives, you're not going to get them all, mm. you know, so... Um, yep. No, 100% was, yeah, agree. That was my thought anyway. It yeah. was an interesting yeah, thing no, to think good. about anyway. So. That's good, good, good. All right, well, let's move on to AlphaTauri then, which... Ed- believe it or not, was actually the first one okay, that came up in the randomizer. Say, changing the order? Or? Yeah, no, no, it just, like, literally, it was actually the next one that came up. I'm like, oh, that's convenient. Um, yes. So, yeah, AlphaTauri, they ended up eighth in the championship with 25 points. Uh, Sonoda getting 17 of those, ending P14. DeVries obviously getting zero of those, ending P22 out of a yes. field of 20 drivers. Uh, it's always yes. odd to see. Ricardo getting six points for P17 and Lawson getting two points for P20. Um, qualifying Despite heads... not being on the grid, yes. Yes, yeah. Uh, qualifying <laughs> head of heads, two drivers. Yeah. Um, Sonoda 4-3 versus Ricardo. So it was relatively close for the, the mm-hmm. races that they had. Um, Sonoda 4-1 against Lawson, although I think that's somewhat misleading because I think he was... Yes pretty close in terms of like time but yes um yeah 4-1 to Sonoda and 8-2 to Sonoda versus DeVries as well I actually didn't realize he got him twice but that's interesting yes. as well but um yeah AlphaTauri you kind of have to talk about them in the same same vein as as, as Red Bull uh, especially as it's going to be become much closer You're to talk Red about Bull them a lot too? more yes. in the vein yeah, of Red Bull yeah. next year. That's because they're the going to be the, it, yep. the other That's a RB team. Conversation. Yeah, yeah, RB and then RB two. Now that they're going to be the yes. what the racing bulls, which yes. I don't. Just, I just, yes. Anyway, twenty twenty four. But this yeah. year. <laughs> yep. Um, um, yeah, I don't know. What I did mean, you think? It was. It was it was a tumultuous aside, season. I think you've got two things. You've got all these driver changes, yeah, but I yeah. think even the story of the car was because really interesting too. Because they were one of those teams, like I said, one of the four teams towards the back. And I would argue that on a lot of weekends they were one of the one of the the worst teams, and particularly the first, especially in the first half of the year. Yeah, yeah. first half of the race. Funnily enough, the first ten races, which is the the races that DeVries were in. Um, but even Sonoda, like he, if he got into a Q three, you're like, or got even close to the points, like, oh, he's done, he's done pretty well there. Like yes. I think he's extracted a lot out of that car. Um, then once they started to to bring updates, um, you know, obviously Ricardo jumped back in the car once they once they ditched DeVries. I mean. I don't know if we've talked about this. Do you think it was the right call to to, to dump him after ten races? Like it's it's a it's a tricky I one. I know. It, I think it was. Mm. Um, what I'm thinking is, I guess. Uh, I don't know. There's something. It's like ten thoughts that came. There's so much to unpack with this bloody. <laughs> there team is. Yeah. 
That's why I was like, I'm just going to stop I, I, and talk about this one with point. With DeVries, yeah. they wouldn't have got this close to P7. That's that's the point I was trying to say. I don't okay. think you even see them up to that point getting close to it. Even though you True. look at Ricardo coming in and out and then Lawson coming in and out, but they still did a fine job. Mm. And ultimately, we know the reason that they missed P7, but DeVries would have only, I think, hurt that chance rather than aided towards it. Yeah, fair. Um, I still think it was brutal, but mm. I think it's still in that case of Red Bull's always been brutal... And I think, again, bigger picture, they saw this Ricardo line. Um, if you've listened to his um, Beyond the Grid that he did podcast as well, you know, he kind of told his side of the story and it sounds like, you know, he wasn't really thinking about this, but then Red Bull just liked what they saw. They liked yep. how he was talking. He did a test in the Red Bull, I think, and they just saw something amazing, you know, that they just yeah. hadn't seen from any of the others and they thought, well, we've just got to try this, you know. I remember them. I remember him talking about, like, he obviously didn't want to divulge too much but apparently yeah. he was saying he jumped in that red bull and literally lap one he's like yeah i was like lap one uh i was so close to max i would have put it on front like on the front row next to max it was close to that i think yeah. he said yes in that in that first time out in the car i don't think yeah. it was lap one th- but it was the first time i thought it was lap one i thought that's what he said i thought he said first time like first time first flying lap i should say um, he... Maybe it was his first push lap. I yeah, think he push did a lap. few because okay. he said he spun a little bit on the first lap and he was yeah, a little bit okay. nervous, but he was just getting used to things. Mm. I think his first real gun still yep. confident lap was yep. the one that he did, and he basically yeah had had near that pace. Slightly different conditions, but he said he yeah. thinks it was comparable, and he thinks that was the test where I think like that that in in any sense that might have brought him into the talk for 2024. Yes, but I guess they saw the DeVries situation and they saw the Checo thing and they probably just went, look, this is the lunar eclipse lining mm. up. Let's just take yeah. advantage of it. And I yeah. think it's hard. I haven't seen many people critique that too hard. If he wasn't in that picture, maybe DeVries gets a few more, right? Well, um, I feel like even because it wasn't even the, the mid-season maybe. break. Like, I feel like you could yeah. have at least given him to the mid-season break to try yeah. or something. Maybe nothing would have come of it, but, like, the fact that it was 10 races and, you know, it, you only had another, what, three or four races until the mid-season break. Um, I don't know, maybe maybe it's they... It's just a shame. Yeah. We both wanted to see him do so well. You can, yeah. we'll, we'll, when we see it, we'll, we'll you know, react to it. We were both so excited for it. No, I, no idea what you mean. so well at Effie. Yeah, I've got no idea <laughs> what you mean. Just... I didn't predict anything. Mm. <laughs> I'm glad yeah. he's landed on his feet coming out of it. Mm. But yeah, Because yeah. um... yep. it could have been a career killer, like, very yeah. easily. I'm, so it's, it's just like, it should have worked. Come mm. on! Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm back being annoyed at <laughs> But, um, but it's it's hard to know, you know. Yeah, exactly. Knows. Yeah, uh, and, and and like you say, like now now Red Bull have this kind of not so much Perez, but like they have this Red Bull as a like as a family have this scenario. It's like okay, we've got all these options of these like really quality drivers now uh, yeah. that can just jump straight in, and we know they're going to perform from race one. So, yeah. and I think that's something that they wouldn't have had if they maybe had kept Devries in the car. So. Um, yeah, anyway, where was like, Yeah, so moving on um, uh, from DeVries, obviously Ricardo comes in from Hungary because uh, it was after Silverstone he got booted. So, And mm-hmm. it was, uh, I think, in Silverstone he out-qualified Sonoda literally that first weekend he mm-hmm. came in and he's like, he's already faster than Sonoda in qualifying. So it's like, okay, he's... He's, he's, he's back, I feel like. Um, mm-hmm. That's something that we sort of, not so much expected, but you, you we sort of came in think, thinking, like, if he's been given this opportunity, we expect him to be at least, like, 
a t- like a tenth or within a tenth of, of Sonoda in, in terms of qualifying. Yes. If they've at seen his level much, or yeah. exceeds it, if he's behind, it's, yes. yeah, not yeah, and he 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 did exceed it to his you know uh, yeah. fair enough. He 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 exceeded it and showed why the the team backed him to to, to be in that team to be in in um, AlphaTauri. So. Uh, I think he only got was it two races before he broke his hand in the Dutch Grand Prix. Yeah. It was not long because he came back and had a couple of, uh, or at least at um, Hungary he did really well. I think Spa was a bit of a mixed weekend for him. I think he mm-hmm, had one mm-hmm. one really. He had track limits. He should have qualified out of Q one, and then he had a track limits. In I think so. Race, yeah, and then yeah. he did okay in the sprint. I think, but yes, um, yeah. So he did like he obviously showed that he was still good, and then. Um, must have been the Dutch Grand Prix after that. So, yeah, I know he only had a couple of. It sounds about right. Yeah, that yeah. was about the thing. He didn't have too many, and unfortunately mm, for so. the innocuous bump. Yes, which is yes. Not something we've seen in a while. You know, you see a massive accident, sure, but mm. um, it it hey, it shows the fragility of human beings, right? Something yes. an innocuous bump can uh can take you out of things. Definitely, yeah. Um, and I guess in that midterm, fortunately, we had a replacement, which actually turned out to be quite a spark and, and blow things. Yeah. As if the Red Bull AlphaTauri kind of talk on seats, you know, wasn't complicated enough. This just <laughs> um, added more to it. Yeah, yeah. It, well, it even added more, like, talk to... Funnily enough, it, it added more talk to Sergeant's seat as well, because he his was only the, the really uh, the only seat that was yes. under threat. And it's like, well, now Lawson doesn't have a seat. Because they've got Ricardo in there, he Ricardo's going to come back, and they've got Lawson here that's obviously yeah. a proven talent. And then everyone's like, "Well, yes. Sergeant's not doing well. Why can't we just put him in the Williams?" So it's yeah. funny how like you you don't even have to be part of a conversation at all, and then one person comes into another team, and it should be part of the Red Bull <laughs> conversation. Suddenly, you're like, yeah. "Well, what, what, how, what has this got to do with me?" Like it's yeah, it's silly season sometimes like that could be can be a bit crazy um as we've seen in the past it was the best we got for silly season as yeah, well this yeah. year. so we grabbed onto it as soon as it was there definitely yeah <laughs> so um but yeah he he did i think he jumped into the dutch grand prix which i think he jumped straight into qualifying which was like those mixed and wet conditions uh so he went into a, a grand prix one of the craziest grand prix weekend and still um, you know, he held his own. He didn't immediately crash, so that was he something. He didn't bin it, yeah. and he finished the line, and everyone yeah. said, what a bloody hero. Yes, yeah, <laughs> like to jump in without any practice into a wet, dry yes. quality, and then into the, well, I don't even, how do you describe yes. that race? But Some of the yeah. hardest conditions yes. the drivers probably drove all year. Yeah, outside you of know, the A lot guitar, of drivers yeah. did bin it, make mistakes, and he yeah. kept his cool about it, and yep. then came to the next weekend fresh and seemed like he'd been that seat all year to be mm. honest from then on out yeah yeah it did seem that way he i think the 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 point that really stuck out to me like or the race that really showed me he was like meant to be there was probably japan when he was fighting yeah. sonoda like and he in was that in that first stint mm. he was like you're not getting yeah. by me mate yep. we're gonna yep. have a duel yep. yeah and it showed that his race craft is 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 there um yeah and he's, he's it was risky if, if he binned it or took the other teammate mm. out that would have been it yep he went for it and yeah, he, he, you know, put a stake down to say, yep. you should get me in a car next year. You yep. know? So Yeah. And they didn't get the car. So no, that they worked didn't. perfectly for him. Yeah. They, they <laughs> played that card almost like almost the Piastri card or others where they said, yeah. we've seen what you've done. You're a mega. We have to get you somewhere in 2025. You know, yep. if, if by the end of 2024, mm. you're not somewhere. Right. Which yep. I, like, and to be honest, like, this what, is still probably 
the, one of his best chances is the Red Bull family because of the volatility of that second Red Bull seat. It does feel like this is, you know, maybe outside of that second Williams seat, this is still his best chance. But yeah, um, yeah. So I think it's probably still the right call to be like, hey, this is good. Like at least with Piastri, you know, being in the Alpine Academy, he could have seen McLaren and be like, I. It was sort of a 50-50 whether which team was going to be the right way to and go. And he staked but, his claims to mm. others too. You know, you didn't need to go talk to someone Alpine to understand Piastri's credentials. You yes. just Google his name, right? <laughs> well, Lawson yeah. is a little more... Obviously, Red Bull still had him in, in their mm. books as a competent driver, but if you're external, you know, there was no reason to pick him, you know, over any other three or four drivers still in that, you know, kind of decent at F3, F2 bucket in Super Formula level, mm. right? Yeah. Um. So, but, but yeah, it, yeah, it's obviously to say at, at, at Red Bull and he talked very frankly about it in his, um, I already forgot it, Beyond the Grid podcast mm. as well. Where he said no, as soon as he was called up after the Dutch Grand Prix, he could have just enjoyed it as a ride as, you know, other drivers who have <laughs> subbed in, in the past. I'm thinking yeah. of like Jack Aitken and such. Um, yeah. yeah. Or even Hulkenberg when he, before he came back. Exactly. Time, yes. Yeah. Yes. Where well, they saw it, you know, they should still do well, but mm. it's very unlikely to into something bigger. Yep. But Lawson said, no, like, although I've got to get it from A to B, this could actually be the chance. If I don't get it here, looking at the other rookies coming in, Is looking it, at the fact oh, that Ricardo yeah. was just signed in, which was a statement to say, we're going to use Ricardo over a rookie. Mm. And the fact they hadn't been Sonoda yet, and they're still saying we want to still develop him further. Yeah. It was very unlikely that, you know, he was just going to go, all right, I'll just turn up and then I'm going to come in a few years, right? Yeah, so yeah. the fact that he knew that, and that was his mindset coming in, kept it safe in Zanvot where he could have done something dumb. And then you in, 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 I was going to say in Singapore, in, um, in Japan yep. that he, <laughs> that he had, well, in Singapore, he did well, actually he did, did well okay, in yeah. Singapore yeah. and he was down on himself because he thought he should do better. That's and that, right. that was yeah, still a good yeah. example. He still yeah. got points and he's like, I should have been higher than this. I'm sorry. You know, and his yeah. team were like, this is fine. He's like, no, no, no. <laughs> I'm trying to prove that, you yeah. know, this, this is, I want to be here. And yeah. he did that quite well. I mm. think I, it, it leads into actually the question we got from one Matt man who wants oh, to know Oh, I didn't see this one. On this oh, God. Yes. Well, he was basically saying uh, his mate Sonoda and <laughs> Ricardo and Lawson and Perez, point one was next year, will each of them, who are on the grid, I guess, do better or worse, which I guess we're talking about. Mm-hmm. And then also, where do we see them all by the end of next year? How do we think it's all going to play out between the four of them? Right, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So anyway, I've waffled on a bit, but I'll let I'll let you uh I'll let you go on. <laughs> it's, a, it's a hell of a thing to heap on me. Um, yeah. a, a lot. I mean, a, a lot of this is at least the second part of that question. Um, is it's going to play into my twenty twenty four season predictions? Of course. So, yeah. Um, better or worse though? Uh, what do you think? All right, we'll go through. So Perez, I think we talked about him a bit. Do you think he will actually improve, or do you think maybe it's looking I, a bit? I don't think so. No, I I. I think it could be an even harder season for him because I think, like I said, he... Um, and maybe I didn't actually say Maybe I just thought this. I don't know what I say and think You said anymore. a fair bit, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you, gave, you gave the vibe that it wasn't yeah. looking hopeful, right? Yeah, well, it's... it's <laughs> I, th- I think this season he was exceptionally lucky that the Red Bull was as dominant as it was. Exactly. Um, and if I think it's going to be closer at the top next year i think perez if he doesn't improve he he i think a lot of his flaws will be even even greater than they have shown this year so i i don't yeah and, and seeing how he 
he starts to drive under pressure when he starts to lose the the sort of that I you know I'm a winner championship mentality to I've got to catch up. The second he does that and how he, yeah. he gets clumsy and um it sort of desperate, becomes yeah, yeah the, the desperate moves and things the way um he just it's almost immediately resorting to that um i don't really hold much hope for him unfortunately so i i don't think he'll do if he does do better this year it'll be pretty marginal um but i don't think it'll be enough so yep um Max, I think, will just keep doing Max things. I mean, he's... Max wasn't even in the question. No, yeah, yeah, it's fine. Um, I guess it is. I guess it is, um, in general, uh, we don't have to say which, but Lawson, do you think by 25, Red Bull will hold their word and have him on the grid somewhere? I think so, yeah. I think you can't. I think the second he doesn't yeah. have a seat in 2025 is, like... We go back to talking about the Red Bull Junior yes, thing failing again, exactly, which we had semi yeah. recently. And then you start having, you know, you you only have to look back a couple of years to you know, well, a year or two to Piastri. Uh, it's you know, then you yes. get then he then he moves to another team and then he excels there, and then you've missed out on an opportunity to have a, a an absolute gun in your team that could have helped your team to 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 grow. And um, you know, we'll, we'll talk about sort of alpine and mclaren that's that's another yeah, thing yeah. but like the who, only thing who knows that's how hard to know is whether we think there's another junior that will challenge the ranks well that's the thing um, I, th- yeah. I think you would have seen part of it this year i believe awasa is going to super formula yes um but again lawson had laid such a strong stake he almost won that bloody thing on his first attempt yep and he also um, should have won dtm as well on yes his very exactly first attempt, so even if not... awasa goes over and somehow wins it which i'm not saying mm. somehow to discredit him i'm saying that's a very competent championship so yes. anyone that does well there similar to how gasly had to prove himself there and he did right and then we saw how long how well he's gone on right yep, um yep so there could be one, but yeah, Lawson, you know, the, the yeah, took the conversation from, I'm trying to remember who else it was, it was with, I guess we'll talk about it when we talked about our preview for our, our predictions for mm. 2024, we brought up a few names and who we thought was leading. Yeah, I think, um, I think it was, I, I remember, I think I remember yours because I'm looking at the Red Bull Junior team. I know mine and I don't remember yours. <laughs> yeah. So, um... The other the other drivers that could who are in Formula Two they have Oli Gerther and Arvid Limblad but they they're in Formula Three yeah. and they I, they yeah. won't jump straight to, to Formula they, One yeah, two, yeah. Two, um, yeah Formula Two you have Isaac Hadjar who's shown moments and then you've got Pepe Marti who is um, I think Formula Three he had a, a kind of a mixed bag season where he showed yeah. moments again moments of brilliance and then yeah uh, he he seems like a bit of a you know kind of mistake prone but obviously has a lot of pace so i'd be curious i think this those two drivers but i think particular pepe marty i'd be very very curious to see how he does in the formula two season um yes but uh yeah there's no one outside of of lawson i don't know about iwasa i don't know i don't think i've seen enough like i said unless he wins super formula um I just if Red Bull were desperate, I don't think he's that bad a pick. Yeah, um, but but they're not desperate. They're not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so. I've, I just don't. Yeah, I don't really see him in the picture, unfortunately. But um, yeah, he, he'd have to do something like unbelievable to, to get his name yeah. in, in in the in the like actual genuine picture for, yeah. for the Red Bull. But um, yeah, I feel like Lawson. He has to have a seat by twenty twenty five somewhere, whether it's an Alpha Tauri or whether it's somewhere else. He, if he's not yep. in there, then something's failed with the the Junior Formula um, yeah. academies and the F two program. You know, the whole point of 
what's the F3, F2 is like, they call it the road to F1, but is it really? It's seeming less and less. Teo Porcher as well, who we'll talk about a bit later, wins F2 and he's looking unlikely to get a seat. And who won the prior year as well? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Like, with a Lance Stroll, I guess we'll get onto them soon. So, yeah, and, you know, the, the last three years, yeah. the, the the people who have won the F2 championship have not gotten a direct seat into F1. Like, Piastri yeah. even took a couple of years. Like, he had to take a seat out, despite, you know, winning F3, going to F2, winning F2, and then a yeah. year off, and then wasn't supposed to get a seat the next year again. So he's like, cool, I'm going to go look at another team, and then got a seat there. And then you have Drogovic, who's just sitting in the wings and looking like he won't ever get yes. a seat at Aston yes. Martin. And now you got Porsche, who's going to be sitting in the wings yep. and never going to get a seat. So It's not looking like road to F1. It's looking like road to successful, but not F1 yeah. uh, IndyCar or sports car campaign. Yes, It's great for yeah. WEC, because all the hypercar programs are like, look at all these bloody young gun juniors <laughs> who don't have drives. Yeah. Come race yep. for our new hypercar. We'll pay you millions, because this is the next hot thing. Yep. Don't worry about F1. Or IndyCar, which is blowing up again, and you yeah. know, they're cycling through drivers again. A few drivers, I think... I, th- I want to say Christian Lungard, I think, has done well, and a few others have done very well. Yeah. Um, yep. have jumped over. So... But it's not F1, which is the whole point of it. You know, it's not, we're not talking about in, this is going to turn into Indie Lights 2 or something at God, this point. Yeah. Um, and yeah. it really, it goes down to, again, we've talked about them for a long time now, but it's it's Ricardo and it's Yuki, mm. which I think, again, both of them towards the end showed enough where you don't feel bad about them retaining them. But it's really hard to know in the new year. You could see, I, yeah. you feel like they're either going to rise or fall. If they mm. kind of stay the same, one or both of them are probably going to get turfed out for Lawson and potentially someone else, right? Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, we. I don't remember what we said about twenty twenty four being a year for change. I feel like it wasn't one for much because again, the trend we, that uh, we yeah. saw yeah. was that um, teams wanted to have drivers that for the first few years the new regs would be there to hone the car in to get everything working, which yes. literally has played out as we, you know, as we were saying. Yeah. But now that that's kind of played out, the teams are all converging to one kind of car. Mm. Now it is for the twenty twenty five twenty six who's the best driver that you've got that can drive the bloody thing. Yep, yep. So I feel like that's when we might see a lot of this change yeah, we'll and, have to get into. It. So Yeah, well, even even with... Um, uh, you know, I won't spend too much time on this, but, you know, the Audi I project know. as well um, for yes. 26, you know, looking to, to what drivers, and there's a lot of talk about, oh, we want Carlos Sainz, or oh, we want this driver, or oh, we want this, we dro- want that Norris, driver. We want a yeah. Porsche, we want a yeah. Drogovic. You know, like, who, did, who, who are they actually looking at? Because they obviously want a, a, a good solid driver line up there um so that kind of brings into the question and then obviously got the talk about the andretti project it's like we got all these young drivers and all the teams are pushing back on on having the andretti team it's like there we go we've got a team that can you know there's another two spots probably take an american driver and probably take a A junior yeah like they seem they seem pretty set on bringing a colton herder type or if not colton herder um (laughs) yes uh, someone like Colton Herder or Colton Herder, um, and uh, potentially a, um, or at least even maybe a, someone more experienced on the grid. Like I'm thinking, let's just say for example a Hulkenberg. You know, maybe he goes yeah, yeah, he, yeah. he goes to Andretti and be, he's he's like the the Gasly or an Gasly, someone like something. that. You know, someone who's been in the sport for yeah. for years and years and can sort of work yeah. alongside her to, to sort of build that team and yeah. you know try and. Pre- try and do that but that even even still that opens up now another spot at a team for potentially a junior driver but the teams they have this sort of like 
they want to they always talk about oh there's so many young drivers and they're not getting a spot on the grid and oh but we don't want more teams which will provide more spots on the grid yeah. it's like well what do you want like you can't have it, the and cake as we said it it's just that value of experience matters so much mm. as well it's why look at Haas they had two young guns they're back to having one of their older drivers they had and Hulk yes. who, you know you could yeah. say it was it was just there for a spare yep. because that experience really mattered at this time but I feel like it happens uh, uh, when you look back a bit. I feel like this always happens. Like we had the whole scenario of, you know, like Lando and Charles and all that coming in, and they kind of came in at a point where it settled. But prior to that, there wasn't that much change, or it was more two drivers swapping. Sorry, two teams swapping drivers yeah. rather than pulling from outside. So yep. I think this happens. I think this trend kind of happens. Um, and I guess it is just the effect of losing teams like, you know, like, like Manor, who mm. used to pull in, you know, the, the F2 rookie or someone like Mercedes, you know, put a Veyline in there or yeah. Russell went to Williams, right? And, you know, with Williams do have Sargent and maybe they should have gotten rid of him, but that's another question, right? It's the only seat where maybe Williams put out a Sargent, put someone in, then this conversation mm. probably wouldn't be happening because at least one kind of rookie kind of got in there, right? Yeah. But Sargent, you could say he's still kind of a rookie getting his second mm. year chance and it's hard to say, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah, that's um, fair. And I feel yes. like... We yeah, should... I was gonna, <laughs> Go on. I was going to say, like, just just to reiterate a point, I think we start... Close it all out, yeah. Yeah, that, that maybe we've pointed out at the start of the season, like, or at least in the predictions that we did, is that because of the whole rule change thing and how severe it is, you know, these teams want to find a set combo that can help push the car forward. So they're reluctant to to swap and change these drivers, which creates yeah. a little bit more volatility in the team and potentially could lose the positions, particularly with how much closer it is. Having those it's two true. set drivers is, you know, having that bit of consistency does definitely help. So I feel like when you say there's phases, I reckon if you look back, you could probably see these phases every time there's a big rules change. Exactly. So, um, but yeah, definitely uh, 25, I think. There's, there's, it could be some big shakeups. Uh, with the, I think over half the grid is is out of contract into 2024. So, and uh, from yeah, what, what they I... are that that performance factor, we, we it sort yeah. of mattered here, but you feel like yeah, next year, mm. yeah, that performance factor with everyone being so close, you know, a, a few yep. points could lose you, yes, yeah, so many places and definitely, yeah, yeah, definitely. All right, well, let's move on to number three. I had was Mercedes. So Mercedes okay. ended up uh, second. Uh, at 409 points. Oh, well points. fought second. Well fought, yeah. Like I said, with, with uh, Hamilton, uh, his consistency in getting into the points definitely helped quite a lot. Um, Hamilton scoring 234 points to get P3. Russell scoring 175 points to get P8. Um, they did get... I think it's the only team to get a tied qualifying head-to-head. They both got 11 apiece. Um, as we know, Russell's strength is qualifying. Uh, we saw yep. that at Williams when they were right at the bottom. He could pull the biggest bullshit lap his out of his strength heart. is, yeah, I guess it's consistent qualifying. He can't mm. pull that god lap out, but he's good at just putting a consistent lap together. Yeah, yeah, that too. So he, I, I feel like this year in particular, you know, we've we've said it a lot as well um, mm. over the course of the year, and he, maybe even last year. Um, where, yes, Russell is strong and he is he's a very, very good driver, particularly when you compare him to, say, a Bottas. I think he is a stronger um, second driver in that, in yeah. that Mercedes. Uh, he just doesn't have the edge to Hamilton, particularly in his race craft. He feels just sort of just a rung below. And I feel like that was 
particularly you can even see in the point standings and even some of the errors that he made um, yeah. in his racecraft where you're like it's it sort of brought that more to the forefront it's kind of highlighted it a bit more than it has maybe last yes. season so yes um where hamilton has that uh you know you hear him complain on the the radio all the time but he still has that kind of that calmness factor to him and he, that consistency particularly under pressure and also moving yeah. through the field as well like he's he just has that edge over russell and russell will you know he's he's known for this at least this season he made a couple of real bold strategy calls um whether that was team related as well but yeah um you know some of them worked some of them didn't but particularly under pressure i think about you know singapore is obviously the big one um where he was under pressure from hamilton from behind trying to push through um i think when he was when they made that pit stop and he was trying to make his way through the field it took him uh, like a few laps to get past leclerc and then once he did, then Hamilton's like, okay, on that same lap or the lap later, okay, he's passed Leclerc immediately. Yeah. Like, it just feels like it takes Russell. I might have even talked about this in the Singapore debrief because I remember it so vividly. Um, how it's like it just takes it takes Russell a little bit longer to build up to a lot of those moves. He can still pull them off because um, he, he, his racecraft is good. It's just not. Hamilton has that confidence to to be able to do it right away. Like he doesn't have to build yeah. up to it. He can just do it um from from the get-go and he can still put in those consistent laps and he can still pull off those moves and I just feel like it's just just a step above what Russell is is able to do. So. It's I I think one way to look at it I mean, the results speak for themselves. And yes. would you say he's had a bad year, Mercedes should start looking into junior? No, I think you still no. see him as the future. You yep. wouldn't say it, it's poor at all. The team did get P2, and he certainly helped to contribute to that. And 100%. he certainly had some, yeah, you know, as you say, the qualifying battle was head to head with Lewis Hamilton. Even just that fact alone is like, that's that's mm. fine. <laughs> There's yeah. not many people you could say that would confidently be able to do that, right? Yes, yes. Um, you know, same league as, you know, Jensen Button, others of that uh, mm. pedigree, right? Um, it's almost like when you look at like each driver in that top, let's say those top four teams, if you're looking at McLaren, it's basically the four teams except for Aston, yes. is what I'm thinking of here, right? And the eight drivers in there. It's almost like each of them did have some sort of shining moment, mm. but it's hard to think of one for Russell this year. The year prior, he had one when he, when he won in Brazil, which was amazing, right? And yet this year... He had a few that were almost there and they just didn't come to fruition. While Sainz had the win, Hamilton had the pole and a few amazing yeah. things. Checker still won twice. Piastri won a sprint. Yep. Norris had enough to, you know, get yeah. P2s and all that and to do <laughs> yeah, some amazing yeah, yeah. things. Um, and, and Leclerc, you know, had so many poles and still enough there. And yet mm. Russell's just like, you know, it, it's like we said with this year being so close, it is those little moments where you just got to grab it that will just keep you above everyone else. Mm. And everyone else got one and he just didn't have one, and that that you know that's I uh, like that's I uh, I was I think yeah. just what slipped him out a bit, and that's no discredit to him, but that's what he needs to be able to you know mm. be P four P five you know rather than where he is. I do think because uh, this is actually a point that I made looking back at the highlights. I think he was yeah. exceptionally unlucky in Australia to not pull out one there of those was results some bad luck in there as well i yeah. think he you had heard him on the radio yeah. sometimes obviously mm. saying what are we doing right you know yeah but like it particularly you know obviously he had a chance 
in Singapore to win that race with the strategy. It looked good, but he couldn't obviously make the move. Yeah. Partly because I feel like, again, this, it goes back to uh, he just can't, I feel like he can't really stick the move, but also the science brilliance out the front to yes. not yes. allow him to make that move. Um, and then obviously the crash into the wall. Like it's it's little things like that. I mean, the, the crash into the wall is pretty big, but it was sort of very fine margins. Um, it, yes. It, yeah. But, um, <laughs> it's so hard to blame him for that. Yeah. It's- the the the, yeah. the Australia one, like he, I think he started P two on the grid and he was into T one right. in the lead and actually doing quite well. Um, yeah. He got very very unlucky because he pitted uh, under the safety That's car right. and then it turned into a he red got flag. Stuffed by it. Yes, yeah. and it set him back to like P four or P five, and then his engine failed yeah. anyway. So, but he was yeah. looking really really quick and on a track that. While there was more overtaking this year, it's pretty tough to overtake in Australia. And he had a genuine chance to win that race until... um, With how we saw it play out, I think, yeah. I think he had a real chance there. But, um, yeah, you you are right. I I do think that, um, yeah, he didn't have that aha moment. Like, you know, you look at the the Williams where he's... The times when he had something in his control, right? Every Mm. driver has something where it's out of their control and something unlucky happens, right? But the times when he did have something that he could have done, he yep. just missed out on it, right? Oh, and, and I, as we said, that the other point it, I had is uh, remember yeah. Canada when he went into the wall and there was that big the the four, like the four train I think it was Max, Alonso, Hamilton, Russell were all pretty close to each other running together right. at the front uh, in Canada, and he oh, went yes, into the and wall. Yes, and he hit that yep. wall halfway around the track. Yes. he went wide and flacked it. Yes, that yes. was one where he could have converted something. Yeah, yep. exactly. Yeah, so it's yeah. Anyway, go on. I just wanted to point that out because that's just another no. That, it's it's yeah. a good reminder. It, I guess it's it's almost like another year where if you're gonna make mistakes, make them now. If mm. if like Mercedes are challenging next year, you'd hope that these are almost lessons learned, right? And then you can be up there. But it's also, as I say, the points you see P8, but that doesn't it doesn't reflect the position compared to the others, right? Mm. It's not like he's just down there because he's you know consistently finishing behind them all. Yeah. Um, it's just because of how close they all were. Um. Yeah. So, but. Yeah, I don't know. I I guess we'll talk mainly about Russell just because Hamilton... It's interesting because when looking at even people who are ranking drivers, and normally you almost always go, oh, Hamilton's easily in the top three of any year. Mm. But was he even in a top three driver this year? Max was obviously number one. You could easily put a few drivers ahead of him. Yep. You know, some had him P4, some had him P5. Still strong. Yep. But that... Like that brilliance, just like he had some instances, but mm. there wasn't as much as normal. Yeah, he seemed to just be like, we had this change where days where the car was strong, and he seemed to be like, yes, like this is the return, this is how <laughs> we're gonna do it. Yeah, and then it was poor, and he didn't just go, ah, it's just a bump. He'd be like the complete opposite. He'd yeah, just let yeah. it get to him. He'd almost start to give up, you know, rather than just trying to make the most of it. Mm. Um. Where there's others, like, you feel like the Ferrari drivers, even when they had bad weekends, were still just always trying to do something, you know? Even if it went to disaster, they were just like, oh, like, always trying, you know, no yeah. matter what they were given. And yet Hamilton tried on his day where it was good, and the day where it was poor, he kind of, you know, came in with half an effort. Yep. Um, yeah. Which we haven't really seen from him before, mm. so... It's interesting, um, yeah. He, he kind of got hidden because there was so much else going on, but it feels like almost his worst like performance in himself. Cause there was just a few others, you know, mm. that just seemed to have more of those. Yeah. Like amazing, you know, mm. uh, moments and just an overall better, better performance drive. Than, yeah. Than him. I, I don't, I feel like, how, how do I want to word <laughs> this? 
Yeah, no. <laughs> um, I, I almost want to say the team environment doesn't help that a lot, particularly when you've yeah. got someone like Toto, who is also, he's kind of the same as, Hamil- as Hamilton, who's like, who, who will, the second they have a, a slightly poor weekend where they're not a t- second or third fastest team, um, they're just like, oh, we know, we know it's shit, you know, and he's, su- he's super down about it. And yeah. it's like, I, th- I feel like they were just so, they were so used to winning that anything that's not like top one or two is like, it's it's an abject failure for them. Yeah. And they're just so yeah. down. And when you have the literal top man at the team, you know, being depressed and telling his drivers like, yeah, we know it's shit. Just please drive it. You know, I we know, know we know yeah. it's a terrible car. I was sorry. It's a terrible car. We'll do better. And it's like you can't be saying that like you need to i think it's that contrast you actually mm. get from from russell even in those mm. some those races where he'd been stuffed around or whatever he was still on the radio going almost what can we try team up. yeah yeah he'd be like can we try something he'd mm. be like let's at least try get some points you yeah. know even if he was in 14th 15th something unfortunate happened or starting you know even 10th 9th you'd still hear him on the radio going can we at least you know try something what's yeah. the guy ahead on you know he was I, I guess because he comes from that Williams mindset where yeah. it's always what can we grab and yep. it's almost like he's still in that with Mercedes on some days because mm. it is so poor and he's still just like let's grab it but Hamilton comes from that other side where the comparison for him is this is the worst of the worst while yeah. for Russell it can still be some of his best days because compared to a Williams it's still the best thing ever right yeah true um, and yet Hamilton just I guess you know still just catching where he could and as we say Russell in those days where it really mattered just didn't get it mm. and, it, and it kind of swung those ways but um as I say, I it, we talked a few years about is this Hamilton's last year, you know? Like, is he still going to go for another championship? And we're not really talking about it now because he's kind of said, no, nah, I'm still comfortable for a while. I'm enjoying it. I guess we're all seeing what Alonso can do, so we know age doesn't really matter. True. But it's like, but if you had another year of this, would this still be enough? Or would he just go, I'm done. you know, yeah. you, you feel like... You feel like he has, you know, tried to hold in when he can, but he's almost like, right, you went down this design flow which he seems to try to hide it but you know we hear this comment of him saying he went to the team and he tried to tell them something and they went a different way and mm. now it's gone wrong so he's almost got a bit of a tone in his voice going i told you yeah. so if you do it again yeah. then obviously we're just a different you know we're obviously mm. just not the hammond mclaren team anymore mercedes yeah. team rather it's just you just leave you know yep. so yep. Um, yeah yeah yeah, it's an inter- it's it's it is interesting. Interesting yeah. year next year. Yes. I think whether they're doing well or poor, it'll be interesting mm, for Hamilton. He's, they're either going to do well and he's going to be in it, or even if, or he's they're going to do well and he's not going to be there. Who knows, right? Yeah. Or they'll do poor and then, well, let's see. He does he does have a contract till the end of twenty twenty five, but I'd be very surprised if yes. there's not he some has a kind of clause till the end of his life. That's yeah, fine. Yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'd be very surprised if there's not some kind of clause in there that says he can exit early if such yeah. and such. Um, I see what you you're know. saying. You mean the universe? Yeah, yes. Yeah. End of yes, end of 2024. 100%. He could. I reckon there'd be some clause. He could be like, I want to leave. He's not in so. F1 because he's bored. He's got plenty else he could do, oh, isn't yeah. it? Because he loves racing. But, yes. Yeah. Um, Someone that's like Lonzo Factor almost. He, Definitely. You know, he wants yeah. to be in it to be chasing something. So. Yeah. Hmm. It'd be interesting. Yeah. Anyway. Well, let's move on to the next team. Uh, we've got Alpine was the next one that, that showed up. They, uh, as we sort of alluded to, so they sort of... spend about two minutes, right? <laughs> sure, yeah. Um, well, you're repping them. What yeah, have you got? You've right. got your... <laughs> oh, well, I don't know what you mean. I don't... Nope. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, they, they sort of ran their own little... Uh, their own little Season. championship <laughs> this year. They were... 
six in the championship. How many times um, can they take each other out or crash out? And yeah, still yeah. Retain midfield. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Yeah, they had 120 points. It was they were nowhere close to to Aston in fifth, and they were nowhere close to Williams in seventh. So they were very much in their own little world there. Um, yes. Sort of back end of the points for the most part. Sometimes they'll have a good performance. Um, you know, you think about Ocon getting the P3 in uh, Monaco, and then Gasly getting the P3 in uh, Zandvoort, I believe it was. Also, they the, had some yeah killer giant yep. performances. Yeah, I think the kind of team where if they just cash in each weekend mm. they probably would have been in a decent fight yep. for that p4 and the constructors because yeah. you had two teams that kind of swept around them almost yep. and but they just dropped the marbles at every opportunity they seemed to which it was fine if they wanted the p6 but they could have actually had a p5 or a p4 if could possibly you know, they yeah. let the others be the ones dropping the marbles yeah but, um, yeah um they were relatively close on points Ock on 58 points gasly on 62 they were p12 and p11 respectively um qualifying head-to-head was 14 to 8 gasly which actually surprised me um i thought it would be closer than that i don't know i to be Mm. fair i didn't really look at the qualifying at alpine sort of across every race to see if um you know it was close or the the gaps were big or whatever what i did notice is that it, it, it feels like each driver has a style of track that they like because it felt like every weekend you would you would have a driver that's just like they just look really on it like one of the two yeah. O'Connell Gasly is on it the other one just can't quite get there and then you know a, yeah. a weekend later a couple of weekends later you'd have exactly the opposite and you'd have you know the other driver way up and the other one struggling to to catch up as well so um which I thought was was pretty interesting, but they still end up being right next to each other in terms of points and position on the on the on the championship. And you know and... what's more significant about that is that Gasly was new to this team this year. Yes, Ocon yeah. has been here for how long? Four yeah. years, five years, um, and yet in a general season where you'd say luck and all sorts, they, you know, Ocon may be a bit unlucky, but he's been here for five years. Mm. And this was supposed to be his team that he was going to take to yeah. the top with them. Gasly comes in, who sure is strong, but he's new. And um, you'd argue when you look back, uh, he had in general better performances seems to be the general case. Mm. I think for Gasly, that just means he still just had a fine year from his perspective. If you're ranking the drivers, you'd put him average, maybe a bit above average. Yeah. Um, Ocon, I think it's it's probably good they're out of the limelight because I think this looks really bad. I think it's like, what is he going to do from here? What's mm. his plan? He's just going to try to stay here? Um if you know they have a, a junior coming through who's a giant killer, they're probably just, you know if they look at their two drivers, unless there's a massive change next year. But this this year was kind of a good trend. We were going to see either Ocon take the lead with Alonso leaving and be the number one, mm. and he kind of let Gasly walk over him a little bit. Yeah. Uh, which for two drivers similar in their career, in that kind of you know where Hulkenberg was a few years ago and Checker was a few years ago, you know trying to almost show something and you know maybe find their way into a better position. Um, he kind of didn't do it. As yeah. I say, he didn't do bad, but yeah. he shouldn't have done good. He should have done pretty great. Yeah, but he yep. didn't. Yeah, um, it doesn't look good for his future. I feel like mm. he's just going to fizzle out in one or two years when Alpine finds something that fits better for their bill, and they're going to keep gasoline on at this rate. Yeah. Um, maybe. I don't know what, if you agree with that, but yeah, I don't know. I feel like yes and no. Like I feel like he did compared to Gasly. I still think. Ocon over the course of the season I still think his performances were overall better 
than Gasly. But were they that much better? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like you look at the amount of DNF. Like they had a lot of DNFs. Uh, you know, Gasly had three. Ocon had seven. Um, you don't think about uh, Ocon had seven DNFs. So. Um, two of them were double I think DNFs. From so. what I've heard, and I am partly biased by when I've I've listened to a lot of I guess others talk about mm. this, who have kind of taken those more head to head kind of weekends where they were just generally on similar kind of sure. pace and uh, taking excuse me bad luck and all that out of the equation. Right? Yeah. Okay. Um, that's kind of what I, what what I've heard it from. So yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I haven't looked he was, that yes, much. I think into he it, did but... retire more than any other driver. Yes. So, yeah. Um, that does say something, mm. but. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, it's not just like we can talk about the drivers. It's not just the drivers. No, but anyway, it's not. Can... Yeah, I'll move on to that. <laughs> but still... um, yeah, uh, like I mean, I feel like Ocon, particularly his racecraft. Again, we talk about the racecraft a bit with some of the drivers, but Ocon was has been known to be, uh, a kind of forceful and a bit not not clumsy, but he'll just like if he sees a move, he will just send it kind of yeah. damned be the consequences and sometimes that's had mixed results in the past but i feel like particularly there was there was a few moves there's one in particular i remember watching at spa where he went um like at the end of the the straight at the hairpin it was it was at sonoda and he went sort of around the outside uh into the the sort of right left at the end of the the the, the camel straight and he, he stuck this incredible move in the wet, like in the, the slidey conditions mm. around Sonoda and just like absolutely centered around it. It was one of the best moves of the season. Like you look at it, like, I don't know how the he fuck he can he's make some yeah. killer moves. Um, yeah. And but... I, yeah. I think, I feel like, you know, you, you look at Ocon Gasly and that's maybe that's, maybe that's the disappointing thing with Ocon is like, I feel like Ocon's ceiling is so high. Like, I feel like he yes. could be like a very very strong driver he was gonna be the next mercedes he was protégé. yes that's he did right. very yeah. strong against checo he was mm. very strong coming in part season in in manner mm. um he was gonna be a big thing coming in here he did fine against alonso but as we say we should be you know if we, as i'm saying if we're talking about his future career prospects we yeah. should be talking to him you know in a very high level and yet we're talking about him in a good level yeah but good is not going to get him anywhere in one to two years that that's True. the way to the door when he's when he's you know four or five years in with the same team and where's he going to go after that who's going to pick him up mm. if this is performance right like alpine obviously had to pick someone up after everything played out <laughs> yes how it did, yeah. right and gasly i think saw that as an opportunity and he had proved enough in his Alpha Tauri to be able to have another team to pick him up. Mm-hmm. But let's say an Aston drops a stroll. Are they going to pick an Ocon over anyone else? Uh, no, yeah. that's not my first choice. That's maybe five or six. Yeah. Um, you know, so especially if, when if they, Audi's looking, well, especially, are going to look at Ocon? I was going to say, especially <laughs> when you already have comparisons between Alonso and Ocon, like the yes. direct comparison at the same team, yes, you can be like, well, true, that's yes. not what but we're you know what I'm saying, for. right? Yeah. That's what they're looking for. Yes, it's, yeah. it's that sideways move to get lucky with something right yeah. if, a, if a Haas were to drop someone I don't think they're going for a knock-on so no, I don't think so that's the perspective you got to look at it it's still fine but um, mm. yeah in the position that he's in um, yeah yes but broader to that team it's easy to forget that it's it's surprising they did as well as they did because in the middle of the year um, well it kind of started earlier than that but really that was the really the, the final song of everything mm-hmm. crashing down on stage and a big pile of broken set yes <laughs> um <laughs> so so yes we had 
Because who was it that left? So in, in I've that... got all the names here. So this you, year, of course you've got it. <laughs> You're ready. This year they had four very prominent names in their like team leave. They had yeah. Laurent Rossi, which is their CEO, he left. Otmar, who was their team principal, left. Uh, Alan Pemain, who had been there for a while as well, and then Pat Fry, who's obviously uh, a, a very big figure name. I think he was only yes. there for a couple of years or a few years as well. He was one of those that when they were doing their initial restructuring, he was their big pickup name that yes. came from yes. Mercedes McLaren. He might have been Mercedes Williams like somewhere yeah. McLaren. But he was yeah, like yeah. a big, big name. I think he went to yeah. Williams after he left yeah, Alpine. He's now right. at Williams, I believe. That Maybe. sounds right. We can check. Either that. Williams or McLaren. Let me have a look. I'm going to look it up right now. Pat Fry is at... Williams um, is the chief technical officer. Yeah, I'm glad nice. I remembered that. God, I'm good. Good job. Um, yeah, so those are four, like, it's not even four names that you don't know, like, people behind the scenes that you don't hear about. It's like four names, like, oh, I've heard those names before. They must be yes. pretty big in the team. And they all left this year. Um, yeah, and you say left. Notice yes. it's not voluntarily left for all of those. Mm. The fact that there was, yes, yeah, some who didn't even want to leave. It's not even like... You know, some of them went, this just isn't working out. I've got a better offer. You know, yep. I've got to leave. Some of those that expected to be turning up on a race weekend uh, were then being asked by the media, what are you doing after this? And they're like, no idea. didn't realize this was in the public and didn't realize it was so soon. Yes. <laughs> so, yes. <laughs> it's, um, you know, we even talked about this when they were doing their big restructuring coming into this is a couple of years ago now they were doing what is that it? three year plan five yeah. hundred well, race plan well, there's a hundred race plan or whatever was it? It? yeah okay because it was um <laughs> that's what they keep calling it at the start of every year because a new hundred race plan to get to the top because i remember talking exactly about this when we we're comparing you know aston had their five-year plan and then alpine yes they were i think it was a year later they were starting to make all their big restructuring like a year later than every other team was doing all that five-year plan yes. yeah exactly and we even commented then it's like this is it feels like a year too late or like six months too late yes, they should have been doing did. this yes earlier and now they this feels like the afterflow of yeah. that where they realize they've got it wrong and they're having to just let out yeah. their laundry in the public trying to fix yeah exactly some, yeah some and, and now choices they made they know aren't working kind of feels like they're back to square one again where they don't yes. really know what what they're doing they're just again. stuck in limbo yeah. at a time when mm. as we say we you saw aston and mclaren kind of you know fighting for that p4 mm. if... almost you know at the start of the year if you would have guessed you would have gone you know aston mclaren alpine fighting if someone hadn't watched f1 that much you would have gone oh it was a great fight between mclaren and aston they go yeah would alpine up there and you go probably should have been yeah it's a failure that they weren't i think the minimum was they should have been in that genuine fight for p4 we yep. said oh i said if they got everything right they could have mm. but partly one they didn't and two they shouldn't have needed to they should have just been performing at a better level yep where they could have had some slip-ups yep. and still been in contention for that before anyway yes yet they weren't um and yep. they you know that far off being chased by other teams that are you know almost in year one of their five-year plan if they get overtaken by them yeah um you know it's not good, it's not good is okay. it like and, and like you, you, th you think about it you know alpha tari close to the end of the year well like they're now on, they, they were like racing Alpine sometimes even faster than them in those last yes. few races with those upgrades. And where you look at their trajectory with their big plans for exactly. next year, what's to yes. say that's not going to consistently go up there, right? Yep, yep, yep. So it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not looking great for Alpine. They just seem to be that team that's going to, 
I, I feel like as they're going to be the scapegoat. As soon as Aston did well, they just oh, had yeah. egg on their face. Because yep. sure, the only saving grace they had at that point was sure they were saying we've got a five-year plan, but no one really knew how hard it was to make that jump. Mm. That jump was always really hard. McLaren kept getting close and then kept losing it. So we just went, it's really hard. Yeah. Alpine... You know, if you've and got to you, go for it, they've got to be brave. And then Aston, and then Aston yeah, beat yeah, them to it. Yeah. And then everyone went, well, look, you can do it. Yeah. And then Alpine were like, shit. Yeah. <laughs> Why well, do you have to ruin our good thing we had going here? <laughs> that's the thing. Aston were like, they were in, this is, was this year three or four of their plan? Something like that. Yeah. yeah. It's but still like, within that window, first, you say that, Clive. Exactly. The first two they years. They still got a factory they haven't even finished yet. You yeah. know, their big building, their everything. And yet this is what they've done so far. Mm. The first, uh, whatever, two, three years, however many years, maybe two years of their yeah. of their plan. And it's like, you're looking at it, you're like, oh, yeah, what's that five-year plan? You're getting real close. And they were still, like, back of the back of the grid, back yes, of the grid, like yes. nowhere. Um, and you're just thinking, The whole nah, battle yeah. thing, which is Yeah, and like you it. say, mix that with the McLaren getting close, then dropping back, blah, 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 all yep. that. And you look at Alpine, it's like, you know what? Granted, Alpine, all things considered, actually doing okay. And then you see Aston make that big jump, and you're like, oh, okay, they weren't they weren't bluffing. Um, yes. and then, you know, when they did it and then obviously McLaren have their big upgrades and, oh, now they're at the front and yes. Alpine is still nowhere. And it's like, yeah. So it's, and even when Aston fell a bit, mm. they didn't fall behind Alpine really no, <laughs> either, really, no. which meant they're still ending in a better position than Alpine yep. who kind of started earlier than them. And McLaren is, you know, obviously, I guess you could say they're in year four to five of any sort of plan. They might've, mm. you know, with their restructures four or five years ago, getting Norris and all that jazz, yes, um, yeah. They're looking real hot, and yet Alpine, you just go, look, sure, they could come out and just come up with something, but it, mm. it's not looking like it, especially with this year that they've had. As we say, their, their lineup is shaky as it is as well. Um, so, yeah, yep. Yeah, very true. So, see. Yeah. To look at next year. Very <laughs> I, interesting. Yeah, I think that one, that's, I think next year is going to be, well, this this year is going to be very, very telling for, yes. uh, next for Alpine. Next year, yes. <laughs> next one year, yes. Um, Why didn't we do this yesterday? Yeah, All this I bloody just... conjecture in. <laughs> oh, well. Um, oh, well, well, well. Uh, all right, next team I've got. They're still only up to number five. We're going to have to rush through these. Um, well, this one probably shouldn't be too long. This is Alfa Romeo. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, they finished ninth in the standings with 16 points. Bottas with 10, Joe with 6, P15 and 18 respectively. Qualifying head-to-head was 16-6 to six Bottas. It was relatively yeah. dominant from, from Bottas' side. Um, I mean, this one can be really quick. It was... a pretty unremarkable season i know they finished ninth but i would argue they were the weakest team on the grid as overall yeah um i think they started really really well i remember bottas um in particular his qualifyings and even even the race mainly the qualifying but he was consistently faster than joe he was qualifying within the top tens like you'd see up there quite a lot um and it looked like they were onto something, and I feel like same as last year, they just sort of faded to the back again. And they couldn't bring it forward yeah. above that. They started yep. with a decent thing, and then they just didn't really know. Yep. But you didn't even remember them bringing much. It's not like a Haas, mm. which I guess we can partially tease towards. Well, they you know they started fit pretty even stronger, you'd argue, yep. um, and particularly had something that worked in qualifying. And they had this, you know, uh, I'm trying not to talk about them too much, but yeah, still, I'm yeah. saying they're a team where they then brought big upgrades and they didn't work. And at least you could see things happening. Yeah. But Alfa, it's like, I couldn't even tell you a race they brought an upgrade. Yeah. Every other team I think I could. I don't remember when Alfa Mary did anything. Neither. No. <laughs> like, I'm sure we pointed it Bonner out. I starting but... strong, yeah. which he has started strong. And it's a shame because they almost were, I guess, what Williams has taken over now, where they used to be that giant killer, where, you know, when Leclerc came in and, 
you saw him get up there and you know actually smash out a performance you know and get and get a big point yeah. so even when Kimmy was there he could occasionally do it um and I think their lineup is fine I think I I think a lot of people and I'm glad that you picked it up too thought the Bottas actually had a good year with the car yeah. that he had he probably extracted the most he could um and and again this is a car that you know he's you know, he's, he came from Mercedes a few years back and now he's kind of settled here, but he's still obviously motivated. He wants to try something. Mm. Um, I still think Zhao Guan Yu had a fine year. Um, obviously, he did well enough that he's not getting kicked out yeah, for, obviously, yeah. a team that actually has a young driver that's obviously done quite well. So the fact that he's not getting kicked out shows that he's done enough. Yeah. But maybe it's the whole culture of the team where it's they don't want to, like... If they wanted to really scrap it and change it up, you'd mm. think they would get rid of him for yeah. Porsche, obviously. So I think a lot of it has to do with them wanting him to get to the Chinese Grand Prix at least once. And yeah. then if he does kind of similar results or whatever, then it's, maybe yeah, it's they the thing. Him, yeah. You feel like it is another one year thing, right? They don't like need to make a change. Mm. Like Porsche is there, but he's not like at that Piastri level, you know? Um, and it is almost like a it doesn't hurt to hold him for a year, then put him in over one of them, yeah. you know, and then see how the two go again. Um, obviously, they've got, you know, yeah, uh, big things. In the, I, I think they were supposed to reveal their name. They might have done it already. I yeah. saw a tweet come out. Their name, like, leaked or came... I thought their name came out. I think it just it looked leaked. stupid. Yeah. And then on... and Yeah, and then on Twitter, they're like, oh, we're revealing our new name. And they were, like, making puns around it. Like, yeah. they knew it had leaked. And, yeah. you know, they were trying to say, like, you think this is ridiculous now, but wait until you see our new name. And it's like... <laughs> But what do you mean? That like yeah. it just confused me. Yeah, so, I don't understand. So. Anyway, that, I, I'm trying to be distracted. I've been thinking about that before. I'm like, I haven't seen if they've actually revealed what the hell they're teasing here because I really want to know. But yep. I'm more saying they're in this holding pattern now, so it's almost like next year. Is it just every weekend's going to be like a test weekend with these two mm. drivers, and then they get? Like, I feel like they might scrap off. I'm trying not to look ahead, but it's mm. just not much happened in the year. Right? No, that's 2024. Are they just going to pull like a Haas where they're going to scrap it? They're going to use it as a test, try some zany things and figure out what the fuck 2025 and beyond looks like. Yeah. That feels like that's what this year is going to be. Do they want a junior in? Do they want a junior and experienced driver in? Discussions do with Audi to see do what they, they want to do there. And, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. What do they look like in this midterm into Audi um, off the back of a year, which was... <sighs> but the thing is, they could come out and just crush it. They're one of those teams where they could just come out and they actually do... Yeah. They could pull it. They could pull it... Aston for all we knew they could have been cooking right yeah just, just not public quiet. yeah exactly yeah. I know it's similar to Alpine except Alpine have been so public with yeah, their desires yeah. that it just goes nowhere Alpha yep. aren't really that public you know it is Sauber this is Sauber we've always known they get that you know P8 P9 sometimes they're up there but mm. they at least still just check you know get their you know good sponsors and decent drivers and you know have their day and keep on the grid as they always have and that's yeah. just what they're going to keep doing but it could be their year you know it wasn't this year but it wasn't a, a bad year it's mm. hard to see them high you feel like you know alpha tari maybe should have been p7 you feel like Haas shouldn't have been p10 yeah but alpha p9 you go look it would have been really hard to get a p8 from that alpha tari yes. with how good it was if yeah. they got a p9 i think that's actually pretty good for them i to think not be so p10. i so, think so <laughs> that's I, the summary i think <laughs> i was surprised when looking at it that they end up p9 not p10 yeah. actually so because I feel like they were, by the end of the season, if you look at it as a whole, again, obviously ups and downs, blah, blah. Yeah. If you look at it, I just, I feel like they were the weakest team. And it's, it's, again, it's only marginal and it varies week to week, but they did seem to, it was, they just had nothing by the end of the season, it felt like. Yeah. Um, but yeah, not much and to Bottas talk about. in a P15 in a 22 card grid. 
Card. Card grid. Card, yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's That's okay. not bad. Yeah. It's not That's, too bad. Yeah, yeah. And he, like I said, he had a couple of really good performances where he's like well inside the points. I think he... Did he get a P7? He might have got a P7 or a P8. Uh, like early on was he it had Miami? Seven or eight. Miami had a really good race. Yeah, it was in that first... Mm. Yeah. Again, first, f- first few races, which exactly, is where they were strong. Yeah. So, yeah. Which, you know, if they do get it right, it shows that, hey, they can still do something you know Bottas is still he can still drive well enough to to get good points if they can give mm. him a car that actually uh is is good enough to be in the points he can still do it so yep. but yeah otherwise a pretty unremarkable season again we'll have to see what happens for 24 2024